Welcome to the Mission North Shore podcast. If you'd like to know more about our ministry here at the Mission, visit us online at www.themissionnorthshore.org. Thanks for listening. God bless. Okay, if you'll turn to uh, our text today is in Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. And uh, we're taking a break this Sunday morning from Acts. And uh, I will be sharing this morning on something that I feel like uh, the Lord has been impressing upon me for myself. And uh, I hope that you can get something out of it, okay? So, uh, and obviously that was my plan for coming up here. So let us pray. Lord, we do thank you for uh, this morning and your word. And Lord, we ask that you would just reveal in our hearts your ways. Lord, and that uh, as we look in your word, that we would hear from your spirit also. Lord, that we do desire for you to search our hearts this morning. And we ask these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I am blessed, and, and this is my daughter sitting right here in the front, okay? So, uh, um, she's going to be laughing throughout, because this has to do uh, kind of with me in my um, challenges in life. And I'm blessed to have a family who uh, point out what I do wrong. Um, because they love me, okay, and they want to see me suffer. In Proverbs, there's a scripture that says that in a multitude of words, sin is not lacking. And that's something that is a challenge for me, because I love to talk. And uh, I love when, you know, I get into a conversation and, and, but there's a downside to that. Those of you who know me is that uh, there's, I make a long story longer and every time I tell it, it gets even better and better and longer and longer. And uh, there's some things in my life besides that, that I'm trying to change. Okay. And I guess that's, the message here, right, that some of the things in our life maybe we're not happy with, the way that we are, right, that I need to improve in this or I need to improve in that or something. Every Sunday morning, I pretty much start my day in front of our, where we park our trailer and uh, I open up the gate. Trip pulls in there with the truck to, to hook up the trailer and then bring it over here and we unload it. But in the time that I get there, until the time that Trip gets there, I spend my Sunday morning the same way. And I'm praying. I'm praying for the service and everything. But one thing I'm praying for 
according to the scripture in Proverbs, is that I don't talk too much. And not just on Sunday morning, just talking outside. Because I can dominate if you've ever been one of the ones that have been cornered by me. The whole conversation, I'll stand out there until 2 o'clock talking, you know, to you. But mainly what it is, and which is one of the things, is that I'm talking and you're listening. Okay, and some of the things that have been pointed out to me by my family and sometimes by my friends is that uh, one of the things they kind of tease me, but, you know, my little saying is that there's a, a little truth in all of the teasing. Right, And they'll tease me that I overthink everything. True? That I assume the worst in most situations. Okay, so you can assume the best or you can assume the worst. But why would you assume the best when you can assume the worst? Right? Anybody else like me? Like worst case scenario. And... uh I'm not going to say it's right, okay? So maybe at the end of the message, you won't be happy that I started down this road. I talk too much. I say too much. Eventually leading to me putting my foot in my mouth. Anybody else got that? I keep talking until I say something wrong, until I get carried away, right? And then make a, you know, and I don't know how it is. I just like lose focus or something, and then something comes out. And then what I end up doing is that I, on my way home, then I don't know, like my brain kicks back in, and then I'm going, oh my gosh. I get home, I have to text them, hey, man, I'm sorry for saying, and I wasn't like mean, you just, I just kind of got carried away making jokes, you know, how uh, some of us are. I interrupt the conversation, okay? And I got reasons for all of this, right? So it's not just like random. There's a reason in my head why I do it. I talk over people, and I don't know. um, When I grew up, right, I'm Portuguese. I don't know if there's any other Portuguese people here. In my house, it was okay if there was 10 conversations going on at the same time. Everybody talking all at once, no taking turns. Everybody, it was like 10 out of 10. And it worked. It was fine. And, you know, now I'm trying to unlearn that. I don't listen. Okay, listening is... Man, that's if I could have one thing from the Lord, it would be that. That I would learn how to listen more. But talking is much more fun than listening. To me, anyway. There's a saying that I read in the book, and it said, what is it like being on the other side of me? So in a conversation, what is it like being on the other side, face to face. And you know what, that's scary for me because I know that and something uh, that I might consider is that, you know, my family, my kids, and, you know, they joke about it. 
But, you know what, they can see it. How it is in my life, they can see the dynamic of it. And that's kind of what I want to talk about today, because probably all of us have habits or things, how we are, our little uh, specialty items that we dislike. I don't like that about it, but what do we do? And uh, I really want to change. And I'm sure other people want me to change. That I don't like going home and after the fact, and I can't figure out why it's so clear after that what I said might have been offensive instead of before. I would prefer to realize that before I said it, so I wouldn't have to go back and try and fix it up or say, look, I didn't really mean that. I was only joking and, and on and on and on. You know how that goes. I really want to change. I know that God wants me to change. And I know that God wants to change me. To be more like Christ. And I hope that all of you feel that way. How do we go beyond good intentions? And I can promise you, I pray that every Sunday morning, and I come over here with good intentions. And usually in the morning, my focus is better by the time I get to second service, through second service, and I'm outside yapping with everybody. And and at the end, usually the wheels come off at the end of second service. And we have good intentions to have a real and lasting change in those areas that we need improvement in that are not pleasing the Lord. But how do we do that? Today I want to look at that, starting with this scripture here. Um, We're going to look at three things. The dilemma stuck in Romans 7, the challenge, hard, shallow, and good, the need for depth, And lastly, the solution, working out what God is working in. And that's the title of this uh, message this morning, working out what God is working in. But after giving this message at the first service, I decided that would be the kind of like the subtitle. The main title is uh, being made into the image of Christ. Okay, so Philippians chapter 2. Verses 13 and 14, he says, Work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for His good pleasure. The dilemma is that we are stuck in Romans 7. Romans 7 verse 15 says, For I am not practicing what I would like to do, but I am doing the very thing that I hate. And also in verse 19, he says, For the good that I want, I do not do. But I practice the very evil that I do not want. Now, I don't know if anybody can relate to that, that you want to do good before the Lord, but you find yourself often or sometimes doing the very opposite. Right? It's like, look, I'm not going to get mad when I leave this parking lot and I get stuck in traffic by Foodland. Okay, I'm not going to do that every Sunday, but you know what, this Sunday, I'm not going to do it. 
So you're ready for that little foodland stoplight. But what ends up happening, maybe you get to this here, nobody lets you in. You know what I'm saying? Then you're kind of like fuming, like, oh my gosh. People are going like three miles an hour. All they got to do is step on a brake and let me in. I'll be here till 5 o'clock this afternoon. Okay, so you mean well, but you know what? You end up doing sometimes what you don't want to do. And that's the dilemma. I have the best intentions, but I find myself restarting over and over. Going through the same process. Sin and repentance to sin to repentance. Frustrated because I have no victory and only defeat in some of these areas. Now, I'll tell a story, and I'm glad my daughter is here, because uh, this is like a famous story when a long time ago, I don't know how long ago, man, 25 years ago, 20 years ago, we have this, we lived in Haleiwa, we lived at the end of a street, and behind the house was this tall grass. And I was out in the back, I was going to grill something for dinner. And I don't know if you can relate to that. Like those little cheapy grills that last about two times and then they break. Okay, I had one of these. And it wasn't the first time. I had it for a while. And I would lit this thing and it would go and then it would go out. Then I'd light it, it'd go, it'd go out. Light it and I was getting madder and madder and madder at this grill. And I can remember sitting on the steps and hassling with this grill, I just wanted to like do it. And I had the, the long tongs. And, you know, another one of my challenges was the little, you know, impatience, I guess, leading to anger. So, bad combo, the grill that doesn't want to start, doesn't want to cooperate, and I have something in my hand, okay? So, I like beat that grill for a little bit with these tongs. And then after I beat the grill with the tongs, I threw them in the tall grass behind our yard. Okay? Now about three seconds later, I realized that I needed those things that I just threw in the grass. And then I had to go into the grass. And then that's maybe when they they probably heard the banging and then came out there. And then here I am digging through the grass getting the tongs that I threw in the grass. You know, that's not even including the time I was uh, fixing, changing the oil on my wife's car. Now, I don't know, husband. And I couldn't get the filter off. Anybody have that trouble? I'm under the car. It's a Volvo. It's about six inches off the ground. It's in a place where I couldn't get it. I'm not a mechanic. You know what I mean? And if I had a hammer, that would have been awesome. But I couldn't get this thing loose. I was getting madder and madder and madder. I came, okay, calm down. Okay, I'm going to take a breath, get back under the car, try to get, I couldn't get it. I came up, I was so mad that I pounded the top of my wife's car, putting a dent in it. Now, same thing. Like three seconds later, I'm like, oh my gosh, I just dented my wife's car. This is not, not a good thing. I never told her for a year, and she never knew where that dent came from, okay? And uh, 
She never asked me, I never told her. But those things, right, that we want to do good, but you know what? We find ourselves doing bad. The challenge, hard, shallow, and good. In Mark 4, Jesus talks about the parable of the sower. In that parable, and I talked about this the last time I spoke, he talks about the different kinds of soil. And the different kinds of soil made for the results of what happened. The hard heart, you remember, was fruitless. There was no fruit because the soil was hard. And the shallow and the rocky soil, what was it? It said that the fruit was choked out because of other things. And the last soil was the good soil. And the good soil was fruitful, Jesus says, 30, 60, and 100 fold, growing and increasing. Okay, something I didn't say that morning, right? The conclusion was, how do you get good soil? How do you get good soil? Soil that's going to facilitate growth and fruit. Good soil has to do with depth and consistency. Correct? And I'm not a farmer, but I can tell you I have tried to grow a few things. And deep is good, and being soft is good for soil. We need to go deeper in our relationship with Christ. And that whole parable was a parable about the soil of our heart. How is it? Hard? Shallow? Or... Good soil that's deep and soft for Him. We need to go deeper with our relationship with Christ. Allow our heart to be soft and pliable in the hands of God where He can work His will and us. And I guess part of the big theme of the whole message is change. And the pathway to change, I want to tell you this morning, is a deeper relationship with Christ. And that's the realization that I've come to that those things in my life directly hinges on my relationship with Him. How it is. The better it is, the better it's going to be for me to change. In the New Living Translation, that scripture, Philippians 2, 12 and 13, He says here, to work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. Okay, so the title is what? Working out what God is working in. And you know what? It's two-sided. We're going to look at that today. I want to start with God working in us. God working in us. Romans chapter 8, verses 28 and 29, it says, And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. For those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to become conformed to the image of His Son. Okay, all of us, or most of us, I'm sure we know Romans 8, 28. All things work together for good. You know, for them that love God and those that are called according to His purpose. But I'm not sure that we all know verse 29 that His purpose, His ultimate purpose is to create in us 
the image of Christ. That's why he causes all those things to work towards that end. That's the good end that he's causing all those things to work to. Right? That's not so we have a happy life and all of this, which praise the Lord for that. But you know what? Our goal, our ultimate goal is to be more and more like Christ in all things. Do we look like Jesus in our actions? Do we look like Jesus in our actions? Do we have the same attitude in our heart that Christ had? Right? And earlier in this chapter, he's talking about that in verse 5. He says, have this attitude in yourselves, which was in, also in Christ Jesus. And what attitude does he go through? Just in this scripture, he says about being a servant. And you know what? our goal needs to be that we want to be like Jesus in everything. Our actions, our attitude, our heart. It says also here that God is giving us the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. So on one hand, we're not on our own, right? He isn't like, okay, good luck, Butch. I hope you get control of that anger problem. But if not, you're in trouble. Okay, It says here that God is working in us. God is trying to work in us. He is giving us the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. We are not helpless to remain the way that we are in those areas that are not pleasing to Him. Because He is working in us and giving us the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. Now I wonder in consideration of this subject, how many of us are concerned or even knowledgeable about being changed into His image. Right? Is that a desire of ours? Is to be changed? Look, my goal is to be like Christ. I hope for each and every one of us that that's our goal. But, I know the reality of it with all those little things. And I know, you know what? For me, because I hear it, right? Hey, that's just the way that he is. Hey, if you go and talk to Bush, hey, I need to go up there and talk. Hey, man, I hope you got two hours. Right? And isn't that true? Or other people, whatever that it is. That, you know, that's just the way that he is. And not just me, whatever the different things are. Okay? And sometimes we make excuses for our behavior. Right? What's that saying? You can't teach an old dog new tricks. What does that mean? That means that, look, I'm happy the way that I am. Don't bug me. Right? I'm going to just stay this way. And you know what? I know that if it's not pleasing to the Lord, that He doesn't want us to stay that way, and He won't leave us that way. Okay, the second part of that, God working in us, the second part of it is us working out what God is working in. Okay, and I want to focus on those two words, working out. Now, how many people in here work out? Right, there's a lot of people. My son, I am, in fact, I have here, that my whole family works out. Okay, Holly has run marathons. She runs around the North Shore. 
okay, generally in her car. Now, my wife, Winter, I can tell you, she gets up, I'm serious, 5 o'clock every day, whatever, six days a week, and she walks around our little neighborhood, probably total, I don't know how far, like eight miles. It takes her probably about three or four minutes. Yeah, no, but she goes so fast, and she's like, hey, I want you to come with me. But then when we get, I don't want to walk that fast. You know, she just like books it the whole time. So you're like walking by yourself. Like, I'm just going to stay, sit up here with my coffee and I'll just watch it go by. (laughs) My son and my daughter-in-law, they're like on the upper level because they're like constantly training. They're obsessed with training. And they're, you know, when I get down there to the next section, they have to win. They're like so competitive. Any like ultra competitive people. You know what I mean? If they both get a soda, it's like, okay, let's see who can finish this first. Right? They don't drink soda. But Noel and my son-in-law, Ryan, they practice, they train in jujitsu. They got their own gym six days a week. Okay, and, and I have here that I don't work out. I just go surfing. True? In Timothy chapter 4, verse 8 to 10, he says, Discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. For bodily discipline is of little profit, but godliness is profitable for all things. Since it holds a promise for the present life and also for the life to come. It is a trust. Trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance. For it is for this we labor and strive because we have fixed our hope on the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially of believers. Bodily exercise profits. But he says here, look, it profits a little, but spiritual training, spiritual exercise produces lasting benefit. Okay, and that's the thing. Us spiritually being in shape. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 to 27 in the New Living Translation. He says, Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. Only one person is the winner. Comes in first. Okay? So, run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step, spiritually. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, spiritually, training to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Now, I love these scriptures. What's he saying? To spiritually run to win. Spiritually run with purpose. Spiritually discipline yourself. How much effort do you dedicate to your spiritual growth and conditioning? All having to do with us wanting to change. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5 
He says to test yourselves to see if you are in the faith. Examine yourselves. Or do you not recognize that this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless you fail the test? What is he saying? To you know what? Test yourself to see how your faith is. You judge yourself. Accurately assess your spiritual condition. Is there a need for improvement? Right? And the Lord, you know what? When is the Lord done with us? The Lord is not done with us until we're in heaven. But before that, He is always working on us, always making us better. Honestly, look at your life, your example, your attitude. Does it resemble Jesus? In all things, with everybody. There's a saying that I heard, what you allow will remain. What you allow will remain. It remains because you allow it to remain. So those areas that you want to change, right? But you can't, you can't because you're allowing it to remain. You are keeping your focus on that. The anger, bitterness, unforgiveness, impatience, lust, whatever it is, the list goes on and on and on, right? Selfishness. You might have the best intentions, but no follow through. What are you allowing in your life that is not pleasing to God? What are you allowing in your life that is not pleasing to God? What are you neglecting in your spiritual life? What is He trying to work in you that you are brushing off? And that's a whole another dynamic that, you know what, the Lord might be speaking, the Lord might be telling you something about it, but you know what? You're not taking it serious. You're not applying yourself. What do you have to work out that God is trying to work in? And maybe you're going like, man, I don't know, I never thought about it. That Hey, it's time to think about it that way. Okay? Psalms chapter, uh, Psalms 139, verses 23 and 24, David says, and this is a prayer of his, he says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there be any hurtful way in me and lead me in the everlasting way. Are we brave enough to pray that prayer? Lord, search my heart. I want you to show me because you know what? I might not be aware of it. Anything that's not pleasing to you, anything that might be hurtful, not just to you, but to others. I want to know. Okay? And when I know, I want you to change me and I want to work on it. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 and 13 says, For the word of God is active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from His sight but all things are laid bare to the eyes of Him. The Word of God. Are we willing to look in the mirror of the Word of God? 
right? When you're reading your Bible, you know what? The, part of the purpose of this book is to give us a mirror to seeing truly ourselves, good and bad. And as everybody here knows, that the mirror never lies, does it? Right? The mirror never lies. And you know what? This is an accurate view of how we are, our attitudes, our actions, all of those things. This thing exactly is that mirror. In Proverbs chapter 21, verse 2, it says, Every man's way is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the hearts. You know what? God is not fooled. Are we willing to look into the mirror of His Word and uh, compare ourselves to the standard that He sets? It's easy for us to compare ourselves, well, I'm better than that person, right? But you know what? This is what we got to compare ourselves to. Am I willing to compare myself, my actions and attitude with that of Jesus? Am I willing to let Him work in what He sees needs to be changed to His glory? Am I willing to apply to discipline, to work out, to get in shape spiritually with what He is working in me? We can change. And with God working in us, coupled with our effort and our focus, He can change us. I wrote some notes this morning um, when I was waiting out there and some uh, maybe some nuts and bolts with uh, moving towards real change. And I'll show you this little thing. I don't know if you guys, the guys in the front can probably read it. This is something that, that in a time of clarity... I kind of wrote this. The top one says, listen more. The middle one says, communicate better. And the last one says, be a servant. And you know what? This little card doesn't make me do it, but it reminds me. Okay? It reminds me that I need to depend on the Lord. Some nuts and bolts before I pray. Identify the problem areas. Identify the problem areas. You know what? Seek the Lord. And go, okay, Lord, you show me. Okay? The second one is to work out. Work out. Don't be slack. Have a plan. Follow through. Pray. Important. Pray. Okay? And Follow through with what you hear from prayer. Utilize the power of God to change. Okay, as we move towards being more and more and more like Christ, that we can use all of those tools. And let us pray. Lord, we do thank You so much for Your Word. Lord, and I thank You that You don't leave us as we are. Lord, that You are such a good Father. That it's your desire to keep changing us and keep working on us and you don't give up on us. Lord, that you are patient. 
Lord, and as we look and heard these scriptures today, Lord, we do pray that you would make us more and more into your image. Lord, please reveal to us those areas where we need to depend on you to bring about change. Lord, that you would give us the strength and the discipline to follow through. Lord, and we thank you so much for what you've done in our lives up to this point. Lord, we look forward to what you have for us in the future. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.